Welcome to Talk Nation Radio, a half-hour discussion of politics as if the people mattered. I'm David Swanson. This week on Talk Nation Radio, John Bolton appointed National Security, so-called security, advisor. Uh, Our guest is Mitchell Plitnick. Mitchell Plitnick is former vice president of the Foundation for Middle East Peace. He is the former director of the U.S. Office of B'Tselem, the Israeli Information Center for Human Rights in the Occupied Territories, and was previously the Director of Education and Policy for Jewish Voice for Peace. He's published an article called John Bolton, The Essential Profile. Mitchell Plitnick, welcome to Talk Nation Radio. It's great to be here. Uh, thanks for coming on. Uh, just just briefly, my perspective, the past few weeks here, it goes from bad to worse to even worse. Uh, Pompeo worse than Tillerson, Haspel worse than Pompeo, Bolton worse for, than Haspel. Am, do, I, do I have this right? Uh, is, 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 is there, there's sort of a level beyond in, in John Bolton? Um, yeah, oh, absolutely. Um, I, I think, I mean, for a couple of reasons. First of all, just who he is, uh, but I think more importantly, with Bolton, uh, it's his position as National Security Advisor. That is a place where he can really, uh, really do some damage. And, um, you know, you see with, uh, with Pompeo, for example, uh, he, assuming he's confirmed, which I'm hoping is not a sure thing, uh, he can't do um, anywhere near the... Uh, the, the damage that he that other secretaries of state have been able to do because the president won't support him if he doesn't agree with him. Um, that doesn't happen with the national security advisor because the national security advisor's only role is to shape what the president himself does. And John Bolton is just the wrong guy to be speaking to Donald Trump and advising him on what to do. And, and so you actually are describing it as a more powerful, more dangerous position, but it's the position that Congress doesn't get any say over. How how did that come about? <laughs> um, I'm I'm the, well. The reason is is that um, it is an advisory position to the president. So in that sense, the National Security Advisor uh, doesn't. He's not a, a secretary of a department um, or. Um, uh, 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 or, an un- or, or part of one of the uh, main cabinet positions that you have in uh, the executive branch, the Justice Department, the Treasury, you know, et cetera, the Department of Education. Um, so that's, it's really a, a bureaucratic issue where this is supposed to be somebody who the president picks as someone who is going to give him good advice uh, and help him develop sound policy. That is the idea of... Uh, that, that's the idea behind the position, so it's not supposed to be subject to the political whims of Congress. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we see, I think, obviously, I mean, this is, this is part and parcel, I think, of what, uh, what we're learning about and what we're experiencing in the Trump administration in general, which is that, you know, if there's a good president, I mean, it, it, that, that setup for the NSA is a wise idea if you have a responsible president. Um, you know, and, and that doesn't necessarily mean the president these policies. We always, you know, as, as maybe as I, I could, you know, speaking in, in a sense of progressives or liberals, would always agree with, but at least somebody who's, you know, who's uh, uh, competent and, um, um, you know, going to make sound decisions based on rational judgment. 
then it can, you know, then it can be sensible, you know, maybe people don't like it, but it's something you can live with because when a president more to your liking uh, gets in there, it's, it's a good thing for him to have the right advisors that he wants or she wants to have uh, next to him or her. Um, in this case, obviously, the downside uh, is, uh, is, is exactly what I described before. Um, so, you know, it, it, it really, you know, how bad that is, I think, depends on who the president is. Yeah, our our best hope may be that Bolton is so abrasive that he gets in a big argument with Trump, uh, because otherwise Trump is going to be listening to whatever Bolton says. Uh, well, I think I think there's actually there, I think you kind of touched on it here, but he won't argue with Trump, and I think that's one of the reasons that he was picked. I think that um, he is smart enough to recognize that. Uh, that Trump is somebody who can be manipulated, but who, if he's confronted, does not like that. Um, I think Tillerson and McMaster, you know, who in any other administration, I think anybody on the, uh, even on the, in the center, certainly on the left, um, anyone considers themselves a progressive or liberal, would have despised these men. They were supposedly the hope. They were the adults in the room. I think one of the reasons is they argued with Trump. They disagree with him. They tried to pull him into different policy positions. Bolton won't do that. The hope, however, lies in the fact that Bolton has a tendency to really upset everyone else. Um, he'll kiss up to his boss while making life miserable for those under him and around him. And that can turn into a problem. So hopefully that sort of thing surfaces quickly, becomes a major problem, and Trump feels like he needs to get rid of it. Yeah. I, I don't know how likely that is, but I, that is, I think, certainly one hope. Well, Bolton certainly has a reputation for not being a nice guy personally, but in terms of public mm -hmm. policy, he's also a disaster, and your article does a great job of going through. Uh, we hardly have time for all the wars and catastrophes <laughs> that, that John Bolton has been part of uh, creating or trying to create, but he, he mm -hmm. was... He was ambassador to the United Nations, an institution that he would uh, soon see abolished, right? Absolutely. And I think, you know, that was, uh, uh, as probably most people listening to this know, um, he was not going to be confirmed for that position by the Senate. And that was a Republican-controlled Senate at the time, with a, obviously, Republican President George W. Bush. He was, he was, his confirmation hearings were going down in flames. Um, and that, there was just no way that Bush was going to get him through the Senate, so he made a recess appointment, which got Bolton a little over a year in the role of ambassador. And um, and I think he, um, I think he really went with Bush's message of complete disdain for multilateralism, complete disdain for the opinions of the international community. In fact, I think Bolton. I would say Bolton was was, along with Dick Cheney, the primary drivers of that, uh, that sort of ideology uh, in, uh, you know, that, that, you know, for whatever else we might say about the father, Bush, George H.W. Bush, that was not his way. He believed in building uh, alliances, as we saw in the first Gulf War, uh, not necessarily for, you know, you know the, the right purposes, but he did believe in working with other countries. George W. Bush's administration was, we're going to do what we want to do, and if you feel like coming along, that's great. Um, and Bolton was the perfect messenger for that uh, in the United Nations, and it 
I think Bolton is the man most responsible, maybe even more than Cheney, for the um, for the isolation that Barack Obama came in trying to address in 2009, the, the isolation that George W. Bush left this country with. And, and Bolton is one of these characters, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, who, who loves bombing places in the name of protecting the Constitution, the Constitution which says that treaties are the supreme law of the land, but thinks that treaty, <laughs> treaties aren't worth the paper they're written on. Yeah, treaties are political symbolism to, to Bolton. To Bolton, um, we, Bolton looks at it, and, and, and this actually differentiates Bolton from, from the neocons. He's not a neoconservative. He's more radical than the neoconservatives who led us into, uh, who he worked with to lead us into the, the invasion of Iraq, but he's more radical than them. Those guys um, believed in quote-unquote democracy promotion. Now, with what they really meant was bringing the American system and bringing, forcing basically other countries into that same system so that in, in, in the end it all works for the United States. But Bolton doesn't care about any of that. He doesn't care about that ideology. He cares only about um, what he sees as American interests. And whatever the United States needs to do, in his view, it should do because it's strong enough to do that. It has the most military strength, you know, the biggest economy, and so we should do what we want uh, to promote our interests. I don't think he even considers whether that's good or bad for the rest of the world. I don't think that matters to him. So, um, and, and, you know, uh, anything that we agree with, any ways that we compromise with other countries then, um, are not things that uh, meet John Bolton's criteria. So he, he believes in solving diplomatic problems militarily. Um, you know, unless we can get everything we want through diplomacy, I think he would probably say, "Yeah, sure. If we can, uh, you know, if we can get North Korea to unilaterally disarm without actually firing a shot, great." But uh, he, he, and uh, <laughs> this I would agree with, and probably doesn't think that's possible. So, um, at least you know, not without you know actual compromise. Uh, 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 most things, you know, clearly if you're going to get an agreement, you have to give the other side something to make it worth their while to agree. And he does not believe in doing that because we have this option of just bombing the hell out of people. And that'll get done what, uh, you know, what what it is he wants to get done, or so he thinks. I mean, he has clearly learned nothing from Iraq. Um, he is absolutely unapologetic about that war. He believes that it was, uh, somehow believes it was a success. Um, he, he thinks everything uh, that was done was correct, um, and, um, and whatever bad things have come of it have come because uh, both the Bush and later the Obama administration didn't handle it properly. Right. So yeah, this guy just, this guy just believes in, in solving problems with guns and bombs. Which doesn't work. Uh, we're speaking with Mitchell Plitnik, whose article is called John Bolton, The Essential Profile. We'll have a link to it at talknationradio.org. Uh, we should be clear that in the past, treaties have been negotiated with North Korea. North Korea has agreed to disarm uh, without being bombed again uh, and has made clear in recent years and decades what it would take in terms of ceasing to threaten it uh, for it to to go forward with such uh, steps again. So it's 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 having somebody like John Bolton in the White House that's going to create this notion that you can either bomb North Korea or do nothing, as if there aren't other other alternatives, right? 
Right. I mean, I think that's true. I think, you know, there have been agreements between the United States and North Korea, which, um, you know, in my opinion, uh, and, and I don't know that I would say this is necessarily a majority opinion, but in my opinion, those agreements were initially signed in good faith, and both sides did various things that undermined them um, over, over, you know, over a long period of time. Uh, but clearly, uh, there's, uh, I mean, the idea of a, of a military strike on North Korea is just horrifying in the amount of, of bloodshed you're talking about. Just, just within hours of, of a beginning, uh, you're, you would be seeing an enormous exchange of weaponry on de- in densely populated areas. We're talking about hundreds of thousands of deaths within hours, let alone, uh, what would follow in weeks and months after that, because as we saw in Iraq, um, these things don't just end, uh, uh, you know, with, with, with an initial strike, uh, no matter how many times you want to repeat uh, uh, um, uh, the phrases now, uh, mission accomplished, sorry. Yeah. Uh, no matter how many times you want to repeat that, it, 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 the mission was not accomplished, and, and war is never that clean and simple. Um, so, isn't there we're talking isn't, about an enormous amount of bloodshed that he that he does Bolton and others who want to to strike North Korea don't care about, and um, and and there are alternatives. There's clearly a diplomatic alternative. Um, whether or not that means that North Korea would disarm, it would certainly help bring North Korea into a less confrontational stance. And you know, I think one thing that's particularly dangerous with Trump about North Korea is that there is no short-term solution to the issue with North Korea. They have crossed the nuclear threshold. They know that that's something that keeps them safe from attack. So any way that they're going to be convinced um, it, to, to roll back their nuclear program, if the, the only way that's going to happen is after years of building trust and building up relationships. It's going to take a long time. And that is not the Trump style. You know, patience is not his virtue. And it seems a little, slight bit at least, more horrifying than ever before, at least adds insult to injury, in that John Bolton has published a column not only advocating for bombing North Korea, but declaring such an act to be legal. Uh, in, in gross violation of the UN Charter, the Kellogg-Briand Pact, any, there's nothing, correct me if I'm wrong, there's nothing that actually makes it legal to go and bomb another no. country. Absolutely not. First of all, the, the entire concept of the preemptive strike um, is, is, is essentially illegal unless the Security Council can be made to unanimously, uh, or, or, well, the five members have to be unanimous, at least, and the rest of the council has to vote with, uh, that, that, uh, a, that a, a preemptive strike is truly uh, self-defense. So unless there's some way that you can establish in front of the Security Council that, you know, that with, with a pretty high degree of certainty that North Korea is about to launch a massive attack on, say, the South, um, there is absolutely no way. Uh, to justify, and that incidentally would only justify South Korea uh, attacking them, not the United States. So, um, yeah, there's, I mean, the idea that, that a first strike against North Korea is in any way legal is patently absurd. But I think, I mean, I just, just, just to shift the, the, the view slightly, I think North Korea, as dangerous as that situation is, and as much as it's in the headlines, I don't think that's the real danger. Well, 
it is a very, let me not play that down. It is a very, very real danger. But it's not the biggest one. Um, the, I think Iran is a much bigger, uh, a much bigger concern with John Bolton. And and um, you, you go into the, uh, that topic and numerous others. We will not have time for every danger or every war. Uh, but uh, the, the topic of Iran, uh, John Bolton, as you describe in your article, has an organization that's put out a, a, a nuclear scare ad, a TV ad in the United States, uh, mm-hmm. suggesting that Iran, which has no nuclear weapons, would use one on the United States. And he's, and he's advocated, mm-hmm. at least for Israel, to use one on Iran. This is, you know, this is beyond. We must overthrow a government. We must start a new war. This is, this is advocacy mm-hmm. for nuclear war through through lies about nuclear scare. Yeah, I mean, I think that the advocacy that that for nuclear war is probably a little overstated in in, in the sense that um, I don't I don't think he seriously believes that he can convince any president, even this one, to do that. Um, but not with uh, not with a country that does not have nuclear capability, as even Trump knows they don't. So um, I think there's that. But an attack on Iran and a massive one is not out of the question uh, with John Bolton. And indeed, I think he is working towards um, towards getting us there quickly. Uh, Trump is, as we you know, as we all know, Trump is dead set against the Iran nuclear deal. Uh, Bolton's obviously going to help him tear it up. So that's, you know, that'll be the first step. Um, and unlike uh, with, uh, with North Korea, with North Korea, one major difference is that our close ally in that region, which is South Korea, um, is going to do everything in its power to stop the United States from attacking the North. Because they're the ones that are going to be retaliated against. Right. They know that, and they also know that there's no need to attack the North. They're not under, you know, there's a tense situation there that's existed, you know, for, for well over half a century. But they know that they're not under imminent threat from the North. So unless, you know, unless the North really feels like it's going to be attacked. So they're going to do everything in their power to stop Trump on the Iran side. And I think this makes a very, very big difference to someone like Trump. Um he is, our allies in the region, our main allies, Israel and Saudi Arabia, absolutely want Trump to attack Iran. Um, and have been pushing, they were pushing Barack Obama to do it, they were pushing George W. Bush to do it, they are pushing uh, Trump to do it, and Bolton is absolutely on their side, which is, which is really something new. That differentiates him certainly from Jim Mattis, uh, the Secretary of Defense, uh, certainly from H.R. McMaster, from Rex Tillerson. Um, these guys are all out. Pompeo is less uh, passionate uh, in, uh, about it than Bolton, but he's probably going to agree with him that, uh, that we should attack Iran. Uh, that is now who's talking to Trump. That is who's whispering in his ear. That, and, and I think the, the, the deadliest thing with Bolton, and this is true in every regard that we think about in terms of foreign policy, whether it's Israel, whether it's Iran, whether it's North Korea, Russia, etc. Um, Bolton has two things that, are, that make him extraordinarily dangerous. One is that he has worked in government since the Reagan era. He knows how this stuff works. He's not Rex Tillerson. He's not H.R. McMaster. He's not Michael Flynn. He's somebody who really knows the ins and outs of how to make things happen. He knows the steps that need to be 
taken. He knows the things that can be done that don't necessarily raise all the red alerts among the public to, to set up a war. Um, he's done it before, and mm-hmm. he'll do it again if he can. The, the, the second thing um, that makes Bolton so very dangerous is that we know that he was a, a maybe the key person in fabricating evidence that got us into Iraq. Um, and the way he fabricated it was he didn't make stuff up. He creatively omitted things that you know, that never made it into various reports. Or he put in uh, he put into reports things that were speculate, speculative, that weren't conclusively proven, that he liked. Basically, Bolton is an expert at forming the, taking the, a mountain of evidence and forming out of that, picking and choosing to form out of that the picture that he wants to see and that he wants to present. I cannot imagine a president more susceptible to something like that than Donald Trump. I, I mean, that is, this guy is easily swayed. We've seen this in so many different ways, whether it's the NRA, Saudi Arabia, you know, whoever. We know that if he's flattered and then given a, a, a picture that he doesn't know uh, how, to, how to critically examine, which is most things, because he's so inexperienced, mm-hmm. um, he is very, very easily pushed, especially if it's being pushed in the direction he already wants to go. So, I mean, that is why Bolton uh, is so dangerous in every foreign policy regard, but especially Iran. Um, it, it seems the, like the openings for that are all there. It, it seems like Bolton stands out uh, as uh, as rather rare in that he still to this day declares attacking Iraq uh, in 2003 to have been a very good thing, uh, whereas even mm-hmm. Trump campaigned against it, even Hillary Clinton pretends it was some sort of minor glitch, uh, mess up, you know, but, but it seems like the reason such a person is still in public life at all is that the that the public and 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 even the elites have turned against that particular war in a dramatic way compared to every other war that's just as immoral and illegal and and yet no consequences for anybody no prosecutions right. no impeachments no you know no shame no truth and reconciliation just Oops, let's move on. I mean, would John Bolton still be in public life if there had been any sort of uh, accountability for such an unpopular action? Well, I think especially the point of um, fabricating evidence and, 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 you know, basically dreaming up the narrative that Colin Powell at least to my my eyes, seem to be reluctantly delivering at the United Nations all those years ago. Um, uh, if there had been an investigation to that, I can't imagine that some of that would not have been criminal. So um, I think you know you would at least have had uh, a major scandal. That being said, um, we had that with the Iran Contra deal in the in the eighties, and yet someone like Elliot Abrams is still around and still um, his voice still weighs heavily in foreign policy discussions yeah. uh, uh, in, here in Washington. Uh, but yes, I do think that this is why uh, so many of us were basically shouting to Barack Obama to uh, to to you know to investigate and to expose what happened here, not to just say okay it was a mistake, let's move on, which became the narrative for many. I think, um, as you pointed out correctly, you know Hillary Clinton being one, so it's not just a Republican thing. Um, this the, the the sense was oh we made a mistake, we're really sorry. And 
gee, what can we do now but just move on with our lives, um, which is nonsense. That's not what happened. It wasn't a mistake. It was a crime. It was done intentionally. Um, the question is, which of the people involved uh, were fully intentional? Which of them were maybe somewhat deceived? Uh, and that should have been investigated. And yes, that would blunt um, Bolton's, uh, Bolton's position now, except his, you know, his acceptance on Fox News, I think, would have been just as strong, which in turn probably means that Trump still could have appointed him. <laughs> um, I mean, not many people like this appointment as it is. No. So, um, you know, even on both sides of the aisle, I think Republicans are, are particularly uncomfortable with it because it's one more uh, difficult thing that they're going to have to defend. But it, but so, um but if Bolton had been to prison, that, that couldn't have hurt in terms of his chances of getting more jobs. Uh, and the people who were deceived should perhaps be sent to live at some pleasant campground and uh, not be a danger to themselves anymore. Uh, but but, but I, we have just a few minutes left. Uh, Mitchell Plitnick, I, I want to ask about, the in terms of this question of accountability, Bolton was key in sort of undoing the International Criminal Court and building pressure uh, against ever using it against anyone in the United States. I mean, was that was that his, his was unsigning that, that Clinton signed treaty? Was that his idea or George W. Bush's idea? I mean, who was the who was the mover behind that? Um, yeah, no, that that is that is pure Bolton. Um, now, having said that, certainly I believe that uh, both Bush and Cheney were completely behind the idea, but it was Bolton who who spearheaded that whole campaign. Bolton, uh, and again, this is part and parcel of who Bolton is and his um, and his agenda, which is that he uh, he believes the United States should not be held accountable. He believes the United States is the ultimate authority, and because and and the only reason he believes that is because he believes the United States correctly believes the United States is the most powerful military uh, on on the face of the earth. So. Um, that uh, that part, the IC, the ICC part, uh, is absolutely him. Yeah, and it um, and it moots the power of the ICC all over the world. Uh, most of the world still, uh, uh, you know, is party to the ICC. Uh, but without the United States, uh, any you know any any real accountability that that any international tribunal can hold is kind of weak. Uh, just a minute or so left, not to not to get people even more horrified, but this guy John Bolton ultimately he wants to be president himself, does he not? He does. I don't think that's a realistic hope. Um, there are certainly um, the Mercer family, for instance, loves him. Um, so there are certainly those who would support him, but I think on the whole he would have a very hard time. One of the things that got Trump a lot of the Republican support that he got was ironically that he's an isol- he campaigned as an isolationist. Um, that that you know America was going to pull back from its uh, uh, involvement in the rest of the world. Bolton's the exact opposite. He is he absolutely he he he's not a multilateralist. He's not what Trump calls a globalist because he doesn't want to work with anyone else. But he absolutely wants to be involved with the rest of the world. He you know Trump talked about how we're not going to waste all this money again on wars and et cetera. And now he's turned around and brought in people well, who are going to do do that in 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 ways that are 
geometrically huger than anything we've seen before. I, I, I wish we could go on. We're running out of time. I think Trump said both. He said more military spending, bomb the bleep out of them, kill their families, as well as no overthrows and so forth. So uh, it, it's a dangerous time. This is an incredible article you all should go and read. John Bolton, The Essential Profile by Mitchell Plitnick. We'll have a link up at talknationradio.org. Mitchell Plitnick, thank you for coming on Talk Nation Radio. Thank you for having me. It was great being here. This is Talk Nation Radio. I'm David Swanson. Take action at rootsaction.org. Help end war at worldbeyondwar.org. All past shows can be heard at davidswanson.org. Talk Nation Radio is produced in Charlottesville, Virginia, and syndicated by Pacifica Network. If you are listening to a nonprofit station, please support that station. Talk Nation Radio is funded by contributors at davidswanson.org. There is no way to peace. Peace is the way. Until next time.